Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M I R O.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uh, Ralph, I, did, I didn't bake a cake. I thought about it, but I looked at the calendar. We are almost six months to the day in since you gave me the phone call and said, I need your time every week. <laughs> so in six months, we've done the show. Is that, a, is that a birthday or anniversary? Which What would you call that? I don't I'm know. I'm going to call it an anniversary. I'm going to call it an okay, anniversary. Good. So anyway, but it's it's great. And I've, I've always, uh, I've cherished the uh, invitation every week. And, you know, when you look back on the six months, um, you know, we've had, when you start counting the guests and Vital and Isaiah Thomas, and we've had some really good people. Yeah, we, we've had, I mean, from Brian McKnight, Isaiah, Dick Vital, uh, you know, Ricky and the boys, uh, which, you know, that's just been great. That was great. Uh, what about, um, I, I mean, I still cherish Lefty Dizelle and Buck Williams. Oh, I mean, because Lefty didn't know Buck was coming and their stories were amazing. So we had some good, good talent and I'm sure, I mean, we'll have more to come. Oh, yeah. You know, early on, we had, uh, I, I, you know, Bud Foster. We had, yes. you know, Chris Long, Bud Foster, of course, the former defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech. And Bud was great, really got into some wonderful things about recruiting and his career and, and being at Virginia Tech. And I just, I love Bud to death. And then, of course, Chris Long, who graciously, and actually we're going to hear from Chris a little later on in this program, um, because we've got kind of a special day today with what happened on Thursday with the draft what is going on with um, a retirement story that kind of crisscrosses with the Trevor Lawrence story. And so we've got a, a lot of, you know, kind of good things to, to pinpoint, but anyway, getting back to, to, you know, Bud Foster and Chris Long and how much fun uh, it was. So you're right over the six months we had, uh, we just had a lot of people to give up, uh, you know, Al Wood and Gene Banks, Al that Wood show Banks. Uh, yes, sticks yes, out yes. and, you know, we've had musicians and it's just, it's really been, 
Uh, it's really been a lot of fun, as I said. Yeah, as we move forward. And I'll, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do a shameless plug right now for May. Um, coming up on the 13th, John Grisham is going to join us. His new book is out called Suli, and it's his first basketball novel that he's ever written. He's written about uh, some football. He's written about Little League Baseball. He wrote a basketball novel, and I, I don't know if you're in it, but uh, I don't know. Maybe an alias, story. maybe not name, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dying to read it now for sure. It really sounds good, and, and the, the whole backstory on it is, uh, you know, he had, to, he had to research the Sudan Civil War. Uh, he got it. He had to talk to a lot of basketball people, he said, to learn about the NCAA and contracts and being recruited. And so anyway, I'm looking forward to that. And then coming up on May 27th, one of the guys that I have um, who caught my eye a year or so ago and I think is one of the best in the business. Graham Benzinger is going to join us, who has interviewed, I think, every major uh, sports personality and um, he's going to be really good because he'll have plenty of stories to tell. And it'll be fun to interview a guy who interviews people for a living. So that'll be right. on the 27th. So May, as I said, we're really looking forward to May and, and everything that's going on. All right. Let me uh, let me back up. I know you love every sport imaginable. I don't know if you've played pickleball yet, but um, <laughs> what did you how did you feel uh, about the draft and the Trevor Lawrence story? Well, I mean, so I got a story. So I was in Houston uh, for some games uh, maybe a year or two ago, a year ago, um, and they said no pandemic, no nothing. And I was in a hotel downtown Houston, and out walks the coach of the Clemson Tigers, right? So, Dabo? Yeah, Dabo walks out with his two boys. I see him. He see me. Oh, you such, such, you such, such. I never met him before. And he walks but out. he by knew the who you pool. were. We, he knew who I was, and I knew who he was, right? <laughs> okay. So he walks out with his two boys. So he takes a boys' trip, his son, and they take a, every year, right? When football is over, right. they take their father and son's trip, and they just go hang out, and he spends time with him. So I was impressed with him, you know, obviously watching him coach uh, and his team, obviously, as well. But when you see a coach like that at that level, just walk out to be a natural guy, right? Mm-hmm. You walk up to him, people walk up to him. He just was the coolest guy ever. So we got to, we, I'll find his number and we'll get, get with him as well. Cause I think he's one of the coolest college football coaches that I've ever met. And, you know, to see him interact with his sons, swimming together, hanging out together was impressive. So oh, that's my story. But yeah, it's really good. And this draft pick, I mean, if you can see that and the success he had, I mean, we had the likes of, remember Perry Tuttle on the show, right? Sure. That was the Clemson guy. So we see the likes of that and that history still there. But the way he treats his players, you can see that in his his team, the way they play. And I'm looking forward to Trevor Lawrence playing in the NFL. Well, we're going to – yeah, we're going to dive into some Trevor Lawrence and uh, uh, really because it's it, – I, I kind of – we don't label our shows or give them titles, but I, I going into today – I'm thinking a beginning and an end, and and we'll explain that as we go. I just, but one of the things that that caught me, my mind spins all hours of the night and morning. But one of the things I went, all right, here's Trevor, a number one draft choice, and I'm doing a radio show with the number one draft choice every day, you know, or you know, every week. And so, you know, Ralph, leading up to that, and maybe there wasn't as much pressure because there's not the social media. Uh, ESPN, I know, is just getting started. Dombrowski telling us the football draft was at nine in the morning. You know, ESPN finally said, hey, we're going to make this a show and, and kicked up. But what do you remember about being in this number one guy, Ralph? You were you were the man. And you, I know you downplay it. I know you're humble. But I want you to be for real right now. 
what do you remember about being the number one pick? Well, Mike, you got to even Trevor Lawrence's uh, situation, right? He probably could have came out of school a couple years ago and the, the LSU quarterback would have been number one or not, but he came out at the right time. He knew for the last number of years he was going to be a top draft pick in the NFL. And so at Virginia with me, coming out of high school there, you know, after the after my freshman year, the next year I knew I probably would be a number one pick. Mm-hmm. And, and the following year, the following year happened. So for me, it was, you know, okay, because I didn't really play to be a number one pick, but that's the way the system is. And for two or three years, I was able to come out and say, I'm our number one pick. So being at that level, I think Trevor Lawrence just knows he's good and knows he can be a number one pick. And then people were asking, you know, was there any pressure of being a number one pick? But I don't think any. I don't think he has any pressure. I didn't have any pressure. I just continued to work out, and and the only pressure I had, and the feeling of a number one pick, especially my senior year, was don't get hurt. <laughs> you know, oh, sure. Don't get hurt. Don't drive around. You know, sign your contract first, right? Don't do anything <laughs> stupid. And uh, I can recall Mac graduating, and we were in. Uh, the Mad Bowl at UVA and me and the, the guys and the fellow was out there, basketball, basketball was over. And somebody threw a piece of ice and hit me in the side of the head, right? And I started to bleed. No. Terry, Ga- Terry Gates went off. We, we, I mean, I, I mean, they wasn't going to let me graduate because I got in a fight with a guy, right? And the guy was, was going to sue. And instead I said, I'm not even going to sue me once. So we, we had to make an apology or whatever from that standpoint. But I was so nervous of getting hurt at that point in time because How you know you, you hear horror stories about guys on sign the contract you know flying everywhere flying this whatever i just stayed in charlottesville i worked out every day and then i flew out to uh after i got picked and flew to houston then we went to carmel california and signed my first contract i've never heard that story okay we're yeah. going to go to break come back uh we're going to talk some trevor lawrence and i'm not done with you yet is this number one uh this number one guy so welcome in this is the winter circle network and this is center court i'm mac mcdonald with the man ralph sampson we'll be right back the mission for the sampson family foundation is simple we strive to uplift empower and educate the communities we live in the foundation promotes charitable and community input educational development health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is SamsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Kids now especially think just like being famous and all those things is super cool, but then once that's your life, it's like you can't really go back to what life was before. It's a lot more simple. You just have to think about things that you would never thought you would have to think about. Down the sea. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball star Ralph Sampson. Again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back to the Winner's Circle Network with Ralph Sampson. I'm Mac McDonald. We were just talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence. We'll get into that story in a little bit from last week's draft. Also coming up, Alex Smith 
really just a, a crisscrossing football story that uh, wanted to bring to the forefront. So, Ralph, you were talking about being number one and having no pressure when you were drafted at that time. You had your agent in place. Were general managers talking to you, interviewing with you, or were you letting your agent handle all of that? Yeah, I mean, again, it's totally different uh, today than it was back then. There, I had an agent, you know, I had a, a selection process of agents, me, Coach Holland, Coach Berge, I had a personal lawyer friend of the families, and we interviewed agents in Harrisonburg, sit them in a room and interviewed, you know, five or six guys, and it was uh, pretty interesting to see their process. So they handled everything at that point. And so I could just be a normal college student, our, our right. family, friend, lawyer. They handled everything at that point because I didn't want to be bothered by agents calling and this, that, and the other. But today it's totally different. You got to do interviews. You got to see kind of the personality of the players, uh, the social media aspect of it. You got to see, you know, kind of stick a microscope in the player's face and say, who are you? I didn't have to do all that because, one, I mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't have to do it either because they've seen him develop over the years, right? They know who this kid is. Yeah. And back then they knew who I was, you know, I had family and, and, you know, be staying four years of school. Think about this, Mac, the guys that come out today in the NBA, the one and done, you don't really know these people. You don't know the kid. You don't know the family that well. You don't know where they come from. So they got to do all the stuff in the interviews to try to figure it out because they have a short window of opportunity watching these kids play in the college ranks to see if they can play it all one and see their personality because they've invested a lot of money in this person. And all of a sudden, this go bust. Then they they that's a bad investment for them. So for me, it was interesting to to, to go through that process. But I, I wanted to be as normal as I could in high school growing up, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be as normal as I could. I came back to UVA to graduate. I wanted to be as normal as I could then as well, and I got a chance to do that. What were you looking for? What was your family looking for in an agent? Oh, you know, we had we had. Uh, I mean, we looked at uh, some history of agents. Uh, you know, I, I probably picked the wrong agents coming out of shoot, but he had the you know, likes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which I thought was, you know, fairly smart, UCLA mm-hmm. graduate, a smart guy, Alex English, and a whole host of guys that they had. So I was like, okay, this guy knows. The 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 David Fox and the Donald Dells were just beginning of their of their reign with fame. Michael Jordan wasn't there yet. So I'm like, okay, great. But they had Arthur Ashe, and I had a chance to meet Arthur Ashe uh, my senior year and his wife, he gave me a book. I still have it today with his autograph in it, The Seasons of a Man's Life. And that book actually helped me at that point in time understand those seasons as well. We'll get to that one day later. But um, it, the part of the whole process was kind of crazy because I looked at the history of, a, of an agent that had other players like myself and, 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 and Kareem's agent was one of them. How about that? Well, as I said, I, I know I, I don't feel I'm stretching here, but from a, a, your perspective and now Trevor Lawrence, you, there are a lot of parallels here. The, the Trevor success. OK, 34 and two as a Clemson starter, 86 and four all time since high school, 41 consecutive wins in high school, a couple of state titles. Do these numbers sound familiar to you? Because those are Trevor's numbers, but I know those are numbers that are close. They're not exact, but they're close to what you went through. And so with all of this fanfare, and then Trevor says, okay, I'm going to get married and I'm going to come out early and I'm going to graduate early, which he did. He graduated in three years. I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has stepped up and admits that, yeah, he has a philosophy about success winning and losing that's kind of what you get measured by in, in football and um, in sports in general so obviously that's that's one thing but i think just successful is more so how i live my life the type of husband and dad i am one day 
that's a little bit outside of the game, but I just think that that's a successful life for me. He ends up getting married and the Jacksonville fans, Ralph, send him over $20,000 in cash and gifts of which he turned right around and was so smart. He goes to the Jacksonville community. I'm going to send this to charities and we really appreciate it. And thank you. And I'm looking forward to calling Jacksonville, my home, this kid, has done everything correctly. Am I a little jealous of his hair? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little yeah. jealous of the locks, okay? The, the kids gravitate to him, and I promise you, there will be thousands of kids, they will make a Trevor wig, and those kids will be wearing that Trevor wig for Jacksonville football. Well, Mac, that, that's his brand. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the hair, the blonde, he, I mean, blonde bombshell. That's the brand, that's his brand. But going back to what he just said, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and being able to, you know, be married, want to raise his kids. I mean, at this age, right? Uh, I mean, not many kids his age are think, thinking like that, right? Right. So then I look at the core. I look at his parents. So obviously he was brought up the right way. Right. Uh, and he understands the opportunity. This is why this kid's going to be successful, because he understands where he is, who he is. And, but he also understands that going to the NFL is a different game. Uh, you know, playing in high school is a different game. You can, you can be dominant his size in high school. You can be dominant in college, which he was. But now you're playing against the likes of people that are bigger, stronger, and faster than you, and you got to be smart. So I'm interested in seeing how he takes a transition, especially in Jacksonville. Can they put the people around him, the players, the coaching staff, and the environment around him for him to be successful? That's going to be interesting to watch. Well, and, here, and here's the thing, and there's a great um, uh, in Sports Illustrated, which became a monthly – uh, and, you know, instead of a weekly, but still just some wonderful, wonderful writing. And there was a story, a story in Sports Illustrated about uh, his family, his his brother Chase and, you know, yes. just how and Trevor is a teammate guy. And, he you know, he doesn't have to win to be happy. He knows the pressure's there. The success is there. But he says things like, you know, I know it's there in social media. I know it's there, but I can handle it. Different times, you know, sometimes it just everything feels great and, and life's really good. Other times you kind of feel the pressure a little bit more, keeping that perspective of uh, setting expect expectations for yourself and really only focusing on those and then just the outside noise. Social media, all those things uh, can be hard to quiet the noise, but uh, that's something that I've had some experience with over the past few years that I'm really actually grateful for now that I've been under such a microscope. You know, Ralph, that quieting the noise is now kind of a, a sports phrase you know, talking yep. about social media and whatever. And I love that phrase. But when you read the Sports Illustrated article, it was slanted where he said, you know, Trevor, what do you have to prove? And his answer, his response was absolutely nothing. No. Nope. You know, I want to win. I'd love numerous Super Bowls. He goes, but I have nothing to prove. And that this kid's head is somewhere. And plus, you know, no, he's a good football player. He reads, he studies, he knows. But this kid's head, Ralph, is in a good place. Well, Mac, and that 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 comment right there is is a great way to express his feelings about winning and losing. But you know, inside that brain and body, head, it's ticking. He wants to win. Yeah. He badly. I don't care what. I want to win multiple Super Bowls. He wants right. to win, and he got that passion inside him. Something that's burning inside of him to be successful. Don't get it wrong. I mean, that's going to eat at him internally every day because it gets there. But he's got to learn. He's got the right attitude going in. And I think, like I said, if Jacksonville can put the right people around him, they can make it happen. And then I know we may talk about this a little later, but he mentioned social media, you know, and it was worried with this name, image, and likeness. He could have made probably eight, nine hundred thousand dollars just for this social media 
draw that he has. Oh, so all the sure. endorsement people are going to come at him. All the contracts going to come at him. And he's going to have to manage life and, and put a good team around him, which I think he already has with his family as well. The Mel Kuyper, who's the big uh, NFL draft guy, called him, you know, the fourth – uh, the fourth best that's that's ever come out, you know, talking about Elway, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, and then, you know, uh, Trevor, and he may prove to be, and you never know. You're It's so different now, as you pointed out, you're going to a franchise Jacksonville that was one in 15 last year. You don't know really what's going to happen, but again, getting back to these parallels that I, because you were, there was so much pressure on you and granted there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't social media uh, at that time to really, but I know internally you felt it. There were st- there was still enough sport like Sports Illustrated and and guys like Curry Kirkpatrick who were showing up on campus, which which felt like every other week, you know, and attending. I know you felt the pressure, and somehow, how many talks did you have with the coaching staff? How many talks did I know Bob Rotella got involved with the basketball team, a sports psychologist? How did you handle it? I guess is the question I want to ask because I know Ralph, the pressure was there. I mean, you know. From parents early on, pressure was always come. Pressure came from within. That's what my mother, mother and father told me. Pressure come from inside you. So I took that as as the, as the uh, working model with my own world. But understand, coming from lovely Harrisonburg, Virginia, to Charlottesville, and and being on the big stage within my second year, uh, Coach Allen was very smart uh, because I would answer. And Mac, you might know, remember this with Doug Elgin. Yeah. He would ask questions when you know with Jerry Radcliffe and Doug Daly, and I would say yes. Or no, I wouldn't expand <laughs> upon the question, right? And they're like, okay, we want a little bit more. So they go to Coach Allen. We, we need to get more on him. So they put me, and I, I'll never remember, I'll never forget this teacher named Carol Jablonski. Oh, yeah. Rhetoric and communication. Oh, she was yeah. about six foot two. Yeah. And she would take me aside in the class and say, here's how you, I mean, this kind of group right. wrote me for that. And that's that's how I got out of a, a lot of shotness from that perspective. So that happened. And, and then the ability for the Todd Turner and the Doug Elgin to come, right? Because the, the interviews was every day, all day long. Sure. Uh, and to be a normal student, Coach Allen then got together. Look, we're only going to do interviews on Wednesdays or whatever day it was, right? We were stacking all this Wednesday, so I was prepared for that. So I kind of got used to that as well. But every year it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. But I was ready for that. And then, like I said, having a good team around you made it a lot easier, not only with coaches and you and and, and, and Doug Elgin and, and everybody that was around that thing uh, and when I was at UVA, it's somewhat like Trevor Lawrence, I think, has right now with family and friends yeah. and coaches uh, that around him to make him successful. Yeah, great point. And I'm not going to take much credit, but I know one guy I don't want to leave out, Michael Klepper, who was heading up oh, the coaches' yes, TV yes. show. And we were, you know, we were putting you on camera every chance. We, you know, when I heard that you were going to be an intern, I went, Oh, great, because now I get to interview Ralph all the time. You know? Right, right, so right. I don't have to take a backseat to anybody. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. As we said, the beginning and the end, how interesting is the story? A week before Trevor Lawrence goes number one, a guy who spent 16 years in the NFL decides to retire, and he has a chance to work with Trevor, but he turned it down. I'll tell you that story when we come back. This is Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. To get into sportscasting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one. 
Full Sail University. Great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. You know, I've played a ton of football. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to all the things I can go do with my family and my kids. Things that I've put off for a long time because of football. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player, Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back on the Winter Circle Network. I'm Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson, and this is Center Court. Great to have you. Ralph and I had a chance to visit about a lot of things and, you know, kind of an interesting development with Trevor Lawrence being picked number one last week. And, you know, just a, a couple of weeks before, it was Alex Smith stepping aside after 16 years after a gruesome leg injury. But, Ralph, this turns out to be a wonderful story for a lot of reasons. And if you followed the Alex Smith story, this was a great story. Yes. It's a, I mean, what, what a career, what a history, um, you know, I mean, in, injuries are a part of the game, right? And that you hate to see somebody get an injury injury. And then I may have my injuries as well, as we know, and you try to come back, come back, come back, but inside of him somewhere, it just said he had enough and it was time to retire. Yeah. In 2013, he was with Kansas city. He won nine straight. And uh, for, in five years there, he threw for over 17,000 yards. And then it was November of 2018. He fractured his tibia and fibula. He had 17 operations. Well, the Washington football team and Alex had some things to say about the football team. And he just said that he felt that the, you know, the, the coaches weren't being true to him. And, uh, you know, he just they were patronizing him a little bit and putting him in on, on lineman sleds and that kind of thing. Anyway, Urban Meyer coached Alex Smith in college. So the Jaguars offered Alex Smith a chance to work with Trevor Lawrence. Alex Smith decided no. That role. And I, and I have no problem, obviously, mentoring. I love it. I, in fact, you know, being a young quarterback, especially a, a high draft pick and expectations, and I enjoy talking about <laughs> the way not to do it. You know, for me, how I struggled with those expectations and, and anxiety and, you know, trying to get validation every single day. And I, I've, I feel like I never allowed myself that process to grow into that franchise quarterback. I, I felt like I had to be that day one and, and put a ton of pressure on myself to be that. And, and uh, it just mounted and mounted. And it was this, this cycle that was not productive at all. So I enjoy, you know, trying to help obviously, yeah, other young quarterbacks not go down that road, you know, and, and there's a better way to do it. And, and uh, but I do struggle with the sense of doing it in a role where you're playing you know, and preparing and to, to be the starter and to go out there and, and do that versus the backseat that you really now, you know, obviously it's a, it's a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk, less playing. And, and so uh, struggled if I wanted to do that, uh, what that looked like. Um, so yeah, all, all those things, but it, Jacksonville definitely was uh, same thing. It was, it was something that was really interesting to me. Um, Coach Myron and I are still, still close to this day. So you know, for the fact that I'll be close to 20 years down the line and he's now in the pros and, and to think about potentially helping him build that thing was was exciting to me. But in the end, you know, I think all those other things uh, won out. Yeah, but and you can hear in his voice, uh, Mac, that uh, in his words that, you know, it was time for him to walk away from football. Uh, he's probably tired. 
Now, I mean, what a situation, though, to go to Jacksonville and your college coach, Urban Meyer, one of the best that, that's coached the college game. We'll see if he can do it in the NFL as well. But to come up with a number one pick, that's a perfect mm-hmm. storm. But there's something in his voice that tells me that he, he just wants to walk away for a minute, uh, relax, enjoy family. You know, at 36 years, 37 years old, 335,000 passing yards plus. His career is, is set in stone. But, you know, there are a lot of teams – that still would love to have him on their team as as, as a a starting quarterback. And so he just decided in his voice that it was time for him to let let it go. And that's, that's what he has to do. Yeah. Only three players from the 05 draft where Alex was uh, in that class are under contract. Uh, But here's Alex Smith talking about his comeback and whether he could have pulled it off. I think there's so much that goes on that doesn't get seen. I mean, obviously this is one of the most violent games on, on the planet. And the carnage, you know, like the amount of guys that are up for comeback player of the year every single year and the, and the, what they go through behind the scenes to get back the surgeries, uh, the toll this game takes on, on the human body. Um, there's so many guys that deserve recognition. Um, certainly, obviously, what happened with me was unique, you know, in the sense of obviously the, the breaking my leg and then the infection on top of it. So, um, no, I mean, every, all those. I mean, everybody, you know, there's so many guys that that deserve recognition for what they put in, uh, especially this time of year when no one's looking. And as far as retirement, Alex Smith said, yeah, it comes at a good time. You know, to go to, to, to lace up cleats and and get back out on the field and, you know, push yourself in in that kind of environment. And and you can't simulate that anywhere else. You you can't get that feeling, um, that rush, that sensation anywhere else. And, And so it is incredibly unique. So we'll see. We'll see if, uh, yeah, if, if, if I do miss it. I, I, I feel at this point I'm in a great place. I, I, you know, I've played a ton of football. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to all the things I can go do with my family and my kids, things that I've put off for a long time because of football. Yeah, he actually went skiing. That, that right there. Yeah, absolutely. That family right is there. important. And, he, and an interesting thing about that, Ralph, he, he was going skiing with his kids already to go skiing. He said he laid awake in bed the night before, like playing a football game. He wanted to know if his leg was going to hold up and he started right. to get nervous right. about skiing, you know, it would, it would be that getting nervous yeah. as well. Just we'll wrap up the Alex Smith story with this because from one connection comes another connection. We talked about Chris long. Chris has a, uh, a video podcast and a, and a radio podcast and it's called green light. And so he had Ryan Fitzpatrick on and it was Fitzpatrick who wrote a text because he had a similar injury and he felt really bad that he sent this text to Alex Smith, not knowing how bad the injury was and that he could have lost his life even, but Ryan Fitzpatrick said, and, and, and he got the text while he's doing the show with Chris Long. Listen, oh, wow. Alex wow. Smith announces retirement. Just got that on the phone. Interesting. Oh, Fitzy mm. broke it. Per Fitzy. Quote <laughs> <laughs> tweet it. Per Fitzy, dude. Hey, by the way, same draft class as you. Let's stop and talk about him for a second, right? You guys, 2005, same class. Two of the all time, like, dudes, in my opinion. Um, what's Alex Smith's legacy to you, Fitzy? I mean, I think. You know, it's a goofy label and sometimes gets used too much. We're going to use it for him. He was a winner. I mean, he won, uh, you know, when he was in San Fran at the tail end there, when he was in Kansas City. And, you know, it wasn't always the 300-yard games and five touchdown passes and the way that it kind of happens now with some of these young kids. But everywhere he went, 
uh, he made the team better. So I think that's one thing. And then a quick story with Alex and one of my biggest regrets to date uh, when Alex broke his leg in that game a few years ago, I had a, what I thought was similar injury. I fractured my tibia in 2014 with the Houston Texans. And so the single worst tweet or t- not tweet, I've never tweeted the single worst text <laughs> I've ever sent out. I sent it to Alex and I said, Hey, Alex, just want to let you know, they'll fix you right up. You'll be good as new. You know, I'm out here and I don't feel any pain from, you know, my injury, you know, three years later or whatever. And I sent it and felt good about it. And he said, well, mine might be a little more complicated and, you know, 17 surgeries later and the story of what he had to overcome. I mean, I felt like the <laughs> biggest I'm so glad he's ever. okay and we can laugh <laughs> no, about that now. Me too. Me too. But what he did <laughs> last year was it was incredible for him to get back on the field. And I was very happy after sending that text that he didn't lose his leg. Oh, there's nothing worse than I totally get what you, how you're feeling. From the uh, great show, Green Light with Chris Long, Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about the text he wished he had never sent. What time? Right? Yeah, what Alex the, Smith. It all worked pro- out. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably end up in a TV booth. Um, I think he'll be, you know, I think he'll be really, really good. You know, he, as he said, he wanted to mentor from the field. I just think it's the worst thing to hit college. And you know what? I have some calls yesterday from coaches. They're up to here with it. It's, it's, it's just really not healthy for the game of basketball. It's just not healthy at all. And I don't think it's healthy for everybody involved. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back to the Winner's Circle Network and Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Great to have you. And uh, uh, Ralph, before we talk about the transfer portal, good, bad, indifferent as far as the NCAA is concerned, uh, last week, I think it was on Tuesday night. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Rick Carlisle, who we've had on, we had on the show as well. Uh, we love him to death. I love Rick to death, former uh, Cavalier, now coach of the Dallas Mavericks. And he was talking about, he had a press conference a couple of weeks ago about Luca, Luca Doncic, and, and just talking about how good he is and how Rick loses a lot of money, like the half court shots and shots from yep, the tunnel. Yep. This guy's amazing. So did you see what happened last Tuesday night? When they took on Golden State and Stephen Curry, I did. I was actually uh, at my parents' house. Uh-huh. My mother, Mac, is an avid, avid, avid three times Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors, Splash Brothers <laughs> fan. Now I played. I played at Golden State, but she wasn't a fan of me when I was at Golden State. She right. was a fan of Houston, but she loved the Warriors. And every time they come, no matter what. Uh, because the ties with Fort Defiance, Dale Curry, Steph Curry, et cetera. So she was in the house and she came over to the other room while I was watching the game as well. I was like, do you believe that? They have score. They can beat that bad. Do you believe that? Steph Curry's not playing. What happened? I said, I don't know, but uh, let's watch see if they come back. But they got drilled. I mean, they just drilled. Got, they had an off night. And uh, Rick opened the door of the gymnasium and said, let's run their tail out of this way. Oh. 0 for 18 during a nine-minute stretch. Yeah, that was – I mean, uh, hold it. That, that's a stat. I mean, you ever heard of Steph Curry go a nine-minute stretch and he's playing in the game and he goes 0 for? Yeah, he doesn't it, score. Maybe he's, yeah. may, but maybe he's tired because, you know, in in the month of uh, of uh, Abraham, he's, he's made 80-plus three-pointers in, in one month. Yeah, yeah. And it's ridiculous. I mean, the yeah. lab month was 82. This month over 85, 87, something like that. But – 
he's shooting at a high rate, but I guess his arm was tired. How about Russell Westbrook? Three triple, uh, 13 triple doubles in the month of April yeah. last month. I mean, that, 13 triple. Are you kidding me? How crazy right. is that? All right. The, I want to question uh, how many, how many games did he win or lose? But yeah, he, he's amazing, amazing well, athlete. they're going to be in the play. The Wiz are in. I, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, it's not over yet, but they got a two game lead on Chicago. At least uh, right. they did uh, as we were heading into the weekend. All right. Certainly times are changing as far as NCAA basketball is concerned uh, and changing fast too. The transfer portal has created a freedom and uh, I don't know if it's created an excitement, but teams are loading up. Kids are leaving. Some kids are even leaving and going back to their other teams uh, in 2020. Ralph, the market exceeded over a thousand players for the first time. And in 2021, we currently sit close to 1300 players in the portal. Good or bad? Bad. Uh, and, and typically, you know, you had guys that transfer because they were unhappy, wouldn't get in playing time. They knew they had to sit out a year and they couldn't transfer it within conferences as well. Now it's like a free-for-all, right? So I'm a coach, and I see half my team in the portal. I'm like, okay, what's wrong? And, and or my university sees that got half my team in the portal, then they're going to think that I can't coach or I can't mm -hmm. keep players or something's wrong with me. So I think it's going to be some fallout with this thing sooner or later next year or two. We'll see how it works. But I, I respect the player that wants to change, if he wants to change, but there's a consequence. But also understand this. The NCAA, I don't know if they change this rule or not. All college athletes that get a scholarship, it's only guaranteed one year. So when I was with Lefty, it's okay, great. You know, great coach. I mean, he taught me a lot about recruiting. Okay, kid, well, guess what? You might not play here next year, so you need to transfer. Mm -hmm. Or I just can basically waive you and not give you your scholarship. But he would never do that because he wanted respect because of his integrity. But a kid can do that, transfer, and play. And if I'm a coach, my, my, one of my kids want to transfer, either I did something wrong, one, or two, the player needs to go and move on anyway. Do I want him back? Or right. Back? Do I want a kid back because it's going to disrupt my team? Right. Um, and, and it used to be, of course, and to bring people up to date, if they don't know this, I'm sure they do by now, transfers had to sit out a season and, and before being eligible to play. And now the NC2A grants virtually everyone immediate eligibility, making it appealing to players to look at other schools. And then, of course, the conferences have said, okay, you can transfer within the conference. So now there are players going everywhere, uh, yep. creating free agency and the freedom and thinking that the grass is, is going to be greener. So a four-star, and the ratings kill me anyway, but a four-star who thinks that he ought to be playing 20, 24 minutes a game is yep. getting three and four minutes. Uh, all of a sudden his parents are saying, all right, let's, you know, there's probably some parent pressure. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, there's a whole lot of parent pressure. And, and, and it used to be the AAU coaches would say, okay, go and you need to transfer. Now AAU coaches become even more important because they got those transfer here, transfer there. The coaches in the college level are now only recruiting out of the transfer portal with the AAU coaches. Now think about this. What happens to the high school freshmen, especially in this pandemic year? Mm -hmm. We haven't seen these kids. They were looking to go to college. And now, i.e., Virginia, they got to get the transfer portal kids because they haven't seen these kids play in high school. And these high school kids are going to get left out. Do they go in the transfer portal next year? It's going to be something weird with that, I do believe, because a lot of high school kids are not going to get recruited like they normally would have gotten recruited because of that 
think about it. The kid had to sit out a year. So I got to go get a, a freshman anyway. And then yeah. I can bring the kid in as well. But something that's going to that's gonna fall, and the next one will be the high school kids that lose. If a player does want to go back to the school that he, he left, he does have to sit out a year. And yeah, so that, that's a good rule because I thought the kid would have to play, the coach could play, but that, I didn't hear that rule. But right. And you've been, all right. Now you've been a coach, and imagine being an assistant. I mean, literally, it's like watching free agency. Yes. You know, you're just watching play. Who's in today? Who's out today? Where's this kid going? Um, close to home, we know that uh, Mike Young of Virginia Tech and Tony Bennett at the University yep. of Virginia have have done a pretty good job with the, you know, with the transfer portal, and yes. you know, losing a couple of kids, but it looks like you know the they, you know, both of them have replaced players with some pretty good guys. You think we'll see how we'll see yeah. how it works out, but. Uh... They, they got good name recognition, come from good programs, but uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how that coach puts those players together when they played in somebody else's system, right? Now they got to come play in your system. And I mean, Tony Bennett's system defensively, it's going to be tough for kids to come in and get used to immediately, but I'm a big Tony Bennett believer because I think they'll get them in early, they'll work with them all summer, and they'll get them ready to play when the fall comes. Ralph, one more question about the transfer portal to you then, and of course, the, with and, and Jim Beheim had a comment about it as well, but talking about, you know, coaches are getting paid a lot of money. Uh, they can leave a school. They can coach again immediately the following year, and players who are making the money for the sport have to sit out. But even with that, you know, as I said, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of on the fence, and I try to put myself in the player's uh, mindset, okay, I'm not getting the playing time. There could be an opening for a wing guard who needs a three-point specialist or a, an enforcer on the inside or whatever it may be. I see an opening, and you know, and you know, there's been some kind of contact or conversation, you know. So you know that, that maybe that's that's where I can I can go flourish. And again, you want to you want to be the best when you get ready to graduate. I mean, naturally, all these kids have NBA dreams. Well, there's only 400 spots in the NBA. I was going to say, not 1,300. They, yeah. they better graduate and get their degree somehow and figure it out because yeah. everybody's not going to make it to the NBA. In high school and AAU, they get used to going from one team to the other if it's not perfect. And it's, it's kind of bleeding into what we're doing. So, um, but again, you, you better undersell and then over-deliver. Because if it's the other way, they're going to put their name in there and uh, leave. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Uh, just to remind people that you can find everything you need to know about the show and the, the man himself at Center Court 50, at Ralph Sampson 50, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, not only is uh, Stick involved in camps coming up in June at Massanutten, but there's this huge, huge event going on, and it's coming up at Horizon's Edge in Harrisonburg. Ralph, tell me about it. Yeah, so there we have a lovely sports facility in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Four courts, indoor track, indoor soccer, outdoor soccer, um, the guy that owned it had these boot camps for many, many years and kids coming there. Wonderful, wonderful person, uh, right outside of Harrison, Reagan, and Rockingham County. But it opened, Mac, this facility opened last January. Uh -huh. uh, pandemic hits, right, shortly after. And then now we have a brand new facility can't do anything with, right? So we've been cultivating ideas over the year and trying to figure out what to do. Now that the pandemic things are easing a little bit, although we'll still be under COVID restrictions, uh -huh. that we're having the Puma, 
Ralph Sampson Invitational uh, with kids, uh, high school and middle school kids uh, coming to play on their teams. It's invite. And people can go to the websites and, and sign up uh, and get that done. But it'll be really, really a good time and playing against really good competition. It's uh, May 29th, May 30th. Is that if I got those dates right? Yeah, so uh, we, I wanted to do something a little bit more than just a basketball. I've been to these tournaments AU. People are trying to get me to do them all these years. I'm uh -huh. like, no, 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 no. So now we'll start at this level. And then Monday the 31st, we will have a combine. We talked about it earlier where kids today, especially in the high school market, the coaches can't see them play. So we're going to have like an NBA combine for high school kids so we can invite college coaches to see these guys and ladies play. Really? Yes. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be dynamite. Um, the event will uh, have over 65 girls and boys teams, grades five through 12. Teams are expected to travel to the edge from the entire East coast, Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, since being open and the horizon was one of the only facilities that was open and had great COVID policy because of the newness of the building and the structure where it laid out. So we've had tournaments there, uh, under Horizon's Edge name for the last number of months. And now it's time to kind of put my name on it as well and be a partner in the building and the facility as well. And actually, Mike, we're going to have the Ralph Sampson Court sooner or later, and it's going to be a whole different experience uh, uh, later this year. Oh, you get your name on the floor. Well, I know. I, I don't like that. You know, we put the, <laughs> I, I had a chance to put my name on the high school floor at Harrisburg High School, and I wanted Coach Berge's name. Right. Right yeah. now, that's the Coach Roger Berge court, which means much more to me than my name on somebody's floor. Uh, I get that. And by the way, just to, to finish this up, the Combine is going to be held on Monday, May 31st. Yes. And this sounds like it's going to be pretty good, as you were talking about, body measurements, power speed, reaction, strength, um, stability, balance, all, all that's going to be all that. uh, taken care of, you know, just like the, the football, the college football Combine. So that's, that's, that's great stuff. All right, so before we go, uh, I want to give a plug for Massanutten because they've been so good to us. Uh, we get together the third Thursday of every month. We look at Ralph's uh, videos. We talk basketball. But you've got special camps coming up over the summer, correct? Yeah, Massanutten's a, a, a great place. I mean, people out there that want a good place to go. Uh, it's a four-season park, skiing, golf, horses, pools, I mean, it's got everything up there that you want. It's, it's mm -hmm. an amazing place. Great people, as you know, Mac. We've been working with them for the last number of months with our virtual sessions as well. But starting June 24th, we start our week-long camp. We'll have a one-day camp and a three-day camp. And uh, I'll be there, obviously. And we'll have small groups as well there, still, still being COVID-restricted. But more teaching the game of basketball, academics, and a little bit of that as well, life skills uh, up there. So I'm looking forward to that and being at Massanutten this summer. Well, and, and I've also made a note now um, with what you talked about in the, the first segment today is that uh, I have a very inside connection with Clemson and yes. maybe we can get to Dabo Sweeney and I think getting to Dabo and I think we can get him to do the, to do the show very soon. So we'll certainly do I'm that. I'm going to work on that one with him, yeah. with him and a couple other people. We definitely um, should be good. Yeah. And don't forget, we, uh, John Grisham coming up on the 13th and Graham Benzinger will be with That's us gonna be fun. On, on the 27th. Well, stick. I hope you have a, a good week. Good weekend. Maybe uh, I'm going to try to get to the golf course. I hope you do the same. And uh, because I can see you on zoom, 
you can see my head. I need some protection on the beach and, and a little white Puma oh, hat. Uh, just, I just, that looks like that would fit me perfectly. Just saying. That for, works. This is a little for, dirty, but the hot isn't on the farm today, so I got to wash this. Put it in the dishwasher. That's where it survived. <laughs> for Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald. Let's center court for another week on the Winner's Circle Network. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.